You're on the Plants Grow Here podcast. I'm Daniel Fuller. Come along with me as we enter a hidden world of deep horticultural, ecological and landscape gardening knowledge with featured experts, industry professionals and enthusiasts. Do you know what's more painful than managing data? Not managing data. If you're a pro-horticulturist, landscaper or an arborist that returns to the same sites over time and you aren't collecting and managing data, you're running the risk of doing unnecessary work that's already been completed in the past and even worse, you're probably leaving things undone that should have been scheduled. Managing data is particularly important when we're looking after trees because of their lifespans which ideally should last several human generations. Our guest is a friend of the show, Terry Reichlin, who's an urban forester you may remember from episode 32, Community-Led Forestry. G'day, Terry. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Daniel. Pleasure to be here. So who collects data? So data is everyone. Everyone does and everyone should, I feel. When we're going to be more specific about urban forestry and, and maybe farming, or you know, manage you know, managing trees in cities, people should. And they do, they do collect data. Some of it might be limited, but basically data is information about any any given thing. And it's it's pretty much, you know, info about what you you know, what you've got growing, where you got it growing, what you gotta do with it, and, and, and so on. So it's it's a bit of a broad topic to talk about, like right off the bat, but I think for our for our context we're just going to well, I'll be focusing on um, on urban forestry mainly, just to um, give you a bit of a background. So, why do we collect data? So, it's it's crucial to know what you have in order to be able to manage it correctly. So, there are different objectives for data collection, and you'll have different results based on the data that you collect, right? And what you're doing as well. So, if you're, let's say, managing woodlands for timber construction, you want to collect information or you want to collect data about the different compartments of wood you've got, you know, of trees you've got growing on your, in your areas. Obviously, every, every, every compartment or, you know, tree was planted in a different area, in a, sorry, in a different time, which means that, you know, it would be older or, or, or younger, you know, so you would have different aged timber. So it's kind of like to know what you've got growing where in terms of the end product, which would be timber in this case, um, or if you're working in a city and you're managing trees, you might want to collect data about what types of species you've got growing where, how old the trees are, in order for them to, you know, in order to be efficient about managing those trees for, you know, liability purposes and so on. Let's say you've got one big tree that has had several health issues over the last year, you it's crucial for you to know where that tree is specifically. So, you know, you can keep a closer eye on it. Yes. Yeah, so it kind of reminds me of uh, a stock take, you know, like uh, at the supermarket That's or whatever. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So you know what you have. Absolutely. Same thing. I kind of realized the concept as well of the stock taking when I was working at a coffee store, a coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> Back in Toronto, and I've never actually done the stock taking, but my friend did, who was also from Australia, sweetest guy ever. <laughs> but yeah, he was also doing inventories. And obviously, during my program, 
when I was studying forestry, they were like, you know, you need to know what you have in order to be able to manage it properly. And that's pretty much, that's the whole gist of it, right? Like you, you can't just go and manage something without really knowing what you have, because then you're never going to be able to do it right. And you're going to forget things and you're just not going to deliver a proper outcome that you're interested in. So yeah, inventory is, is crucial. And whether it's inventory of things that you have growing in your city, or if it's inventory of things that you've got in the basement, it's it's the same thing. Like you really need it to be effective. Yeah, I mean, trees are a massive investment for a city to to be putting money into. Not just the planting of them, obviously, but also the maintenance. And you know, we want to be able to track which trees are performing, which trees are underperforming. You know, uh, are there likely to be branch failures on this tree in the future? Stuff like that. Absolutely, that's right. What other data do we collect in terms of an urban forestry setting? Okay, that's a good question. So urban forestry, so we would collect, obviously, the location of trees. We would collect, you know, the works that have been done on individual trees. We would collect inspection records. So if you go to a tree, inspect it, see if there's something different, you know, change from the last time you saw it so inspections are generally done on a well in the uk from my experience you know one three and a five year cycle depending on the traffic of the of the area so if you got like a tree on like a busy footpath um that might be inspected more often because if the tree falls and kills someone then that's you know that's a huge risk so Mm. trees in these situations might have to be inspected more often you can also collect information about the type of, let's say, about the type. And then this is going into more into like ecology. But if you're, you know you're collecting information about the types of insects that live within the tree or the birds that kind of live in the tree to you know to do studies on whether, let's say, for example, natives versus non-native trees are you know more welcoming to a you know to certain types of species. So there's literally, you can collect stuff, you can collect data on anything. But for urban forestry, I think the three ones are, yeah, the main ones are, you know, location and then basic physiological info about about the tree and then the works, because the works you have to kind of record as well in order to track what's been going on, especially and how much money you've been putting into it, right? Because different types of work costs different amounts of money. And then you, lately people have been wanting to track like the ecosystem benefits that come from these trees. So you'll have your carbon sequestration and your water retention and and all of these different factors, which have been, I guess, popular in the last few years, but they're based on this like calculation by iTreeEco. So that gives you more or less like a, it gives you an idea of what, benefits your trees are delivering basically and this data you can use to i don't know persuade your you know your city council to invest more into into planting more trees right because at the end of the day it's all about money everything is all about money and you're gonna have to like justify you're gonna have to justify your your requests Mm, absolutely for better or worse Mm -hmm, absolutely so that's just the real world, so it is unfortunately <laughs> it is. but I think what what kind of gets me is that like the I think nobody really thinks in the long term, especially when it comes to local government, right all they care about mm-hmm. is the four years that are coming up, and then like 
the six months before that where they're, you know, before the elections were like, yeah, we're going to do this and that. But if you're looking at a tree, like a tree can grow for hundreds of years, right? And you, you, you can't really take, let's say, take very small, a small range, like a chronological range. Like you can't take information about a tree from its, let's say, you know, 26 to its, its 31st, like, year of life and then apply it to the tree itself because the tree might be there for let's say a hundred years or something like that you can't take a tiny snippet of information and apply it to that tree you need to kind of have a different outlook on, on trees and obviously collecting information about it every i don't know three to five years is good for like liability and stuff yeah like long term the long term mindset is is really needed in the tree world yeah, this isn't like turf, you know, you can't just slap a bit of turf down and then, or, you know, maybe put in some annuals or something like that, you know, to get a good thick earth on a tree is decades. Exactly, exactly. So, no, yeah, no, it's 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 just the culture needs to shift in order to be able to embrace that properly. Mm. So how often should we be collecting data? Is that sort of dependent on what data we're collecting or is it always the same time frame? That is absolutely right. It depends on what you're collecting. So if you've got pests and diseases, for example, and you know that they're spreading quite quickly in your area, then you want to collect it quicker, right? right? More frequently. You know, for safety, like trees don't change that much when they grow. I mean, obviously, like the structure is not going to change from one year to the next if it's already a big tree. So you don't have to go there that often. But know that like if something changes, let's say if there's mechanical damage to it or or if there is, you know, somebody built a building right next to it and then the roots may have been damaged, you might want to have a look, closer look and more frequent mm-hmm. monitoring to see how how the tree of how the health of the tree has been affected. You know, if you've got, like I said, pests and disease, you might want to monitor that area more frequently just to kind of get a get an idea of how far along the you know, the disease has come and, and whatnot. So there's different types of yeah, there's different frequencies for data collection. If you're collecting data on, let's say, in agriculture, you might want to collect information about the type of what you know about the weather and the climate situation. Also, to make predictions, not not just not just like get info that's kind of there, but to also make predictions for what's going to happen. But for that, you might need a lot of data, and like you might be able to predict over time what's going to happen at a certain point in a year based on everything that's happened the previous years, you know, in that in that time frame. So mm-hmm. it's it's <laughs> it's it's kind of I think it's kind of meta. Like we're not really applying this to like you know, let's say one little old lady with like with a garden who might be looking to you know improve your plant situation but <laughs> mm. if you have like a bigger area you might want to collect the data on what you have growing where just so you keep track of things if you have different yeah absolutely yeah you know, i guess different sections so the company that i work for actually uses an application called service autopilot as the team leader i basically input data from each site we visit you know like aphid spotted you know, signs of gall wasps on the mm-hmm. citrus or, you know, predatory signs 
this, that, and the other. And we actually use that to monitor what's going on, even just on such a small scale. But because we have so many clients, it would be impossible for us to carry out regular maintenance without some kind of a data situation. Oh, for sure. That's um, no, it's crucial to kind of know what you have when you're, you know, before you go on site, right? Mm. To be able to just like be more effective and, and already not have to like reinvent the wheel, re- sorry, reinvent the wheel. Mm. Or like re-diagnose, <laughs> yeah. re-diagnose the whole yes. the whole situation again. Or if another team leader goes there. Yeah, if somebody else goes there, that's also very true, right? So you have like a a comprehensive set of set of information you can hand off to to your colleagues to say, all right, we found you know we found this in this area, and this is what it you know this is how how bad it was or how frequently it was there. And then your colleague might come back and say, all right, well, uh, we found that we had the same pest, but it was like, you know, there's more of it. It's more numerous, right? So we might need to act mm-hmm. more quickly in our management. So it's it's good for this kind of thing, because if your colleague went there with just a blank piece of paper or like no knowledge of it whatsoever, like what's the point? You're just going to waste time again, de- you exactly. know, determining what's uh, what needs to be done that that already could have, you know that you guys could have been one step ahead if you've had the information. So data is incredibly important for this. And in my experience from, so I sell TreePlotter part-time. TreePlotter is a management software for trees in urban areas. And I talk to a lot of people from the industry in the UK. And quite a few of them are like, yeah, yeah, you know, so we have our, we have our information, but most of it's in my head and I'm about to retire next year. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, sir, (laughs) excuse me. So yeah, that's basically, that's basically the situation that a lot of, especially the smaller councils are kind of dealing with. And some of it might not be, you know, like completely in like, you know, obviously everyone has to have some sort of database what you know and most of it's like excel spreadsheets or or paper maps with you know with the tree locations on them but not much other information and that i think is 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 super crucial to kind of get improved on because we've just had cop 26 right everyone's talking about trees again i feel like this happens every year everyone's like oh my god the environment is so important and then they do nothing after that but anyway so <laughs> But basically, <laughs> if, you know, if, if people need, if people want to be able to know and justify their requests for funding, for example, they need to know what they have, right? And they need to know what, in or, what, what more needs to be done in order to like improve your canopy cover. And since a lot of these guys have basically like super basic, you know, Excel spreadsheets with tree locations, probably an address, you know, maybe a paper map that complements it. But you can't just go and look for a paper, you know, you can't just go and look for, let's say, one tree and then see it pop up right next to it because these two files are separate, right? You'll have your paper map or your PDF, and then you have to basically look for look for your individual tree based on an address that you're given, right? And then it's going to take you hours to find that tree and then hours to find information about it and so on. So I feel like it's super important to have a more user-friendly, comprehensive, you know, more efficient tool that you can collect your data with, maintain it, you know, be able to to use it effectively. And at the end of the day, like if you have a good system, then you won't be spending as much time looking through your, you know, your physical pages 
of maps and stuff and you'll be able to spend more time out on site ma- you know actually managing and actually pre- i guess prescribing treatment you know and and doing stuff out on site so so that's 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 pretty much why it's important and when people say yeah i've got it mostly in my head i just i just freak out because i'm like how is anyone that's going to come in in the future going to be you know going to be able to know they'll have to relearn everything all over again and then you just waste you know maybe decades decades of time right yeah and not only just that but also trees as well because there are going to be issues that slide by unnoticed and that's going to cause damage to those trees yeah and not only the trees but also like the people affected by you know people living close to them or the buildings and at the end of the day, like if someone's life is taken, that's ultimately, you know, it's it's a tragedy and it, and a tragedy that tragedies that could be prevented, right, by proper inspection and proper management and proper, you know, stock take. So maybe we can leave sort of pen and paper data collection and stuff like that, big file cabinets that nobody ever goes inside of in the past. I think that's the case. Obviously, it would be nice to have like a backup because you never know. Somebody might switch off the power one day and then it's over for everybody. So I'm not saying like abandon it completely, but just don't rely on it 100%. There are obviously methods. So data collection and data, I guess, management. You can collect your data on paper and then you can input it into your into your tool, I guess, if you're a bit more old school. And this is what I was going to talk to you about with with Gary, because Gary used to use pen and paper a while back. But no, so I used to use pen and paper too, back when I was at, obviously at uni. So I didn't even know that there was like software, data collection software, until I kind of got to my first job, really, or like my internship, my internship job, they wanted me to go out and collect data and they gave me a paper map. I said, what the, why? (laughs) I don't want to do that. (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you just, you just, you just find a. So I was looking for veteran trees back in the day. So really nice trees that could be used as, um, you know, with a, to basically for protection because they're going to be older and, you know, they just wanted to enhance the growing conditions for the for the old tree, right, to preserve it. So they just gave me a paper map, printed out paper map, and they said, all right, so you just draw, you just draw an X where it is. And I did that for for about a week, and I said, "This is so inaccurate. How am I gonna guess out of you know, like dozens and dozens of hectares?" And obviously, you've got your compartments, and you can kind of picture where you are based on like the lines of the map, as well as like the differences in in the crop type, right? So let's say you have like a sec an area with you know with oaks that were planted in the 1930s, and next to it you've got you know, oaks that were planted in, let's say, in the 90s or in the 70s. So you can kind of tell where the where the differences are, obviously, and where where the where the borderline is. But it's not as it's not as accurate. And especially if you're in the woods, like you can whatever you mark on an on a map could be so, you know, could be very different to what's actually on site. So. I I, t- I I found this old GPS unit in the cabinet and I actually learned how to like set it up. <laughs> and then I would collect the precise location of those trees. And it was still kind of, you know, 
it was still very old school because I still have to kind of manually write down the coordinates mm -hmm. of those. But it was it was that was just the backup, right? Just in case my system didn't work because that was my first time. Like the GPS unit was something from you know the late nineties. Like I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but yeah, then I imported it into QGIS, which is like it's an open source mapping system. And then I was like, I was so impressed with myself because I got the exact locations of the trees. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, this saved me so much time as well. <laughs> but I guess now tree plotter will probably save even more time. Absolutely, because you don't have to like, you know, you're, A, you're not using a very old, a very old thing with, with buttons and a, and a very tiny screen like I did back then. <laughs> and that was only five <laughs> years ago, right? The buttons were so rubbery as well. And you know how you leave like rubber or plastic for a long time it kind of starts to like disintegrate and get really yeah. sticky that's, that's the... <laughs> but but yeah so tree plotter is is a whole new ball game especially if you've got previous experience you know collecting collecting things on on paper you can just do it on your phone right you can do it on your tablet mm. and it's it's web-based and i think the future here is web applications because you can open things on a browser. You don't have to install anything extra, right? It's just way less work and it's, you can open it on anything at the same time. So I could be able to have my tree plotter app open, let's say on my computer, as well as on my phone at, at exactly the same time and like see everything change in their life, which is way better than previously where people had to like, you know, collect things on their, on their devices, whether it was like an application that was, you know, installed and it didn't really you know you had to like download data so put it like onto a usb stick or put it on you know through a cable into the computer and upload it there like there's so many of these extra steps mm -hmm. that have been taken out with tree plotter so i feel like it's great because like something happens right let's say you collect your data then you put it on your usb stick because for example you might not have enough memory on your device right and you mm -hmm. keep on collecting your data and the USB stick can fall out of your pocket and you lose your first half of the day or your first day of <laughs> of all your tree information. Like there's so many complications that can go, you know, things that can go wrong when you're kind of mm. doing things old school. It's just the hassle to kind of go back on site and do it all over again. So oh, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like web-based web -based things are basically the most effective because it takes out that human error on the well it doesn't take it all out but there's a lot of it that gets kind of all, a lot of risk kind of gets eliminated right just because you don't have to you're not going to physically lose your your information so how do we approach data security all right so i guess the first thing would be password so <laughs> and i'm notoriously yep. <laughs> bad for this i don't i don't really change my password as, as often as i should and my dad's an IT man. He's been doing IT since the 80s, and he's always changing his passwords. And I'm like, I would forget. <laughs> and then don't think about the irony of having a database for your passwords, right? That's that's a big no-no. Don't keep your passwords stored anywhere. Just remember them. <laughs> There's obviously things like, you know, obviously you'll need to you'll need to have your data collected securely. Because what if you need it sometimes for a court case, right? Let's say let's say something happens, like a tragedy or something, and with with a branch killing somebody, right? You'll need to basically know what's been done to the tree, right? When it was last inspected, was 
was the inspection effect, you know, was the inspection done well? Was any action taken based on what was found during the inspection? And, you know, there, there could be, there could be people motivated to, you know, kind of change the records in order to come out unharmed, right? Or to come out as innocent, for example. Or, you know, so there's, there's things like this that we kind of need to look at or that kind of need to be looked at or even like for insurance purposes. So there's, there's things like this that need to be thought about when thinking about security of your tree data sets. Yeah, I, I'd never really considered the fact that there may be a legal situation where you need to keep that data. Oh, oh, for sure. And I don't have experience with this personally because I have not worked in, you know, I haven't worked in the public tree sector at all. But like mm. from what I hear, from what I hear, it's like liabilities are huge. And obviously, you're, you know, if it's your tree, if you're a city and you're managing a tree and the tree kills somebody right? It's your responsibility. And like, why wasn't it yeah. inspected on time? Why was there? Because like, if if a branch is big enough to fall on someone, it probably has been like that for a while, right? Things don't happen just because like, it could have happened because there was some mechanical, you know, tension or whatever. And this is what I might discuss with Duncan in, <laughs> in our next episode. Mm. But you know, so there's, there's things like you can if you do proper inspections, then you will more or less be able to, you know, prevent things like this. Unless it's like a freak accident and, you know, lightning or whatever. But generally, frequent ex- inspections should be able to prevent situations like that and acting on those inspections. So, like, you know, making sure that, all right, if this tree is a risk, we're going to fix it. So it doesn't um, pose a risk anymore. And that's kind of what needs to be. That's why data is so incredibly important to kind of store information about that, about what you've done in order to kind of prevent, prevent really bad things happening. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So was there anything else in terms of data security that we need to keep in mind? So I, I guess depending on what system you're using, right? So if you're, using a a system that is hosted by somebody else like a software as a service i guess you got to change your passwords you know more or less frequently or like frequently enough but i think your your it department will 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 remind you of that there's also the backups that you'll be able to do so if you and some services do this you can get backups on like a weekly or a daily basis or whatever right so if something happens to your system the information like the information will be there and you'll be able to retrieve it and there's there's also like availability of data to everyone which is kind of what I want to touch on so some systems like TruePlotter you can set up a filter to basically determine what a specific user will see right so um this would allow you to kind of let's say I have a user one who's like a an admin and then an inspector, right? And then a contractor. Like I would not want the contractor to have all the permissions same as the super user because then you can change everything on there, right? You can change, let's say, the information about the trees. You can change the the works orders that were assigned to those trees and so on. And there's there's a lot of stuff like this that, you know, need to be kind of watch out watched out for so i guess 
you know, I think Tree Plotter would be a good example to use here. Can you export your data or is it locked within the application itself? That's that's a great question. So Tree Plotter specifically allows you to collect your, yeah, export your data. You can export it in different formats depending on what you want to do with it. So you can export it as a CSV file or that would basically go into a spreadsheet or you know, as a shape file that would basically be a map, right? You can put that into any GIS system. And there are services that, you know, you ask for data, they kind of don't give it to you for weeks. Again, based on my experience and, and talking with people during my work. So there's, you know, you should be able to get your data. And if you don't get it fast enough, then what are you, <laughs> what are you doing mm. with that service? <laughs> but, you know, and then there's also like if you have systems where you build your own, you, you can have that instantaneously. But then there's, you know, what if you lose it? What if you lose everything and it's all on your computer or on your personal server? And then you're kind of, you know, you're like, oh, <laughs> all right, got to mm. start all over again. So. Yeah, no, it's 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 a huge it's a huge thing, but it's also nice to have like the ownership of of your data, right? Mm. You can just take it and and I don't know, send it to your colleagues or or whatever. Mm. Or change application, you know. That's 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 right. And all and the serv- like the services that you are you know, you're keeping your data with like they should they should be able to, you know, host it for you securely. But if you if you want to let's say send it to somebody, you know, or put it in a report, right? Let's say you want to write a report about your uh, your tree, your trees, like then then you kind of need to have it exported. But yeah, if some people are kind of a bit, I would say pedantic, but like more aware of security risks and and so on, like you know the likes of like very experienced IT people that have been in the sector for like decades and decades. They might have their, you know, they might get their own personal backup of something. <laughs> mm. Just just because that's how they operate, right? But for me, like, I don't yeah. have any backups of anything. Like, I have everything online. So if somebody comes in and hacks my, let's say, my Facebook, for example, then I'm I'm screwed. I have nothing. Like, <laughs> mm. don't have any of my friends' phone numbers. Don't have, um, mm. you know, anything at all. So there's obviously, like, a plus side to be able to collect your data and how much how much you take advantage of it is really up to you and i probably would you know do at least like once a month like just a quick download of all my trees just in case something happens or you know if if we don't want to pay the subscription anymore we could just get our data from you know from the service and then kind of have to we'll have to upload it to a new one can you tell me what does the term gis mean so GIS stands for Geographic Information Systems. And it's pretty much a system that creates and manages and analyzes maps with all types of data in it. So you pretty much get your, you know, you get your map, you connect it to the GIS, and then there you kind of put in the location data. So let's say where my trees are, right with all types of description info right so what what are my trees right are they oaks are they are they pines are they this are they how old are they and so on and so on and then it basically allows you to identify patterns right you can see all right i've got 
all my really old trees are growing on the south side of town, for example, right? I might need to start planting more trees there because at some point they're all going to die, right? So there's kind of things that you can identify. You can identify patterns and problems and you can set priorities. But GIS is really cool because you'll be able to, you, you can basically see maps with data that you would have never considered before. Like if you look at a map with, let's say, different wards in, in a city and then you compare it to the, to the rate of, let's say, to the rate of like asthma in children, for example, right? And you compare it to the tree density in those different wards you will be able to see like a negative correlation there, right? That so it's it's really, it's really cool and I absolutely love it. And I'm really ashamed to say that I actually f- almost failed my very first GIS class at university. <laughs> 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 and now I work with it. But no, it's, it's absolutely, especially if you're a visual person, you can, you can look at, you can look at things from like, you know, perspectives that people usually wouldn't think about stuff so yeah it's easy to visualize and you know you have obviously we've all been through covid and like i know that you've seen a lot of these like color color heat maps of you know where the cases are so that's all done in gis basically you upload your data and every piece of area has its own information in there right let's say number of cases per hundred thousand people or, or whatever you have Right. So, so GIS for trees works the same way, basically. Is a green asset management platform like Tree Plotter or Forest Tree a sound cost effective investment for a company or for a council? I would, I would say so. I would definitely say so. Because if, if you're looking at your trees on a paper map and your Excel files, it's going to take you a long time and you're going to spend hours and hours trying to figure out what type of information you have and where you have your trees and, and, and finding it, you know, in a paper folder. Whereas with a with a system that's, you know, it's gonna take you two seconds to find a tree that you're specifically interested in or to find, you know, a group of trees that have a certain condition that you're kind of looking for. Right. It's way it's way more effective time wise. It's gonna save you hundreds and hundreds of hours, I think, mm-hmm. annually. So I definitely think that it is, and everybody that does manage trees to a certain, you know, does manage trees should should get it. Whether, uh, you know, as long as it's obviously, you know, if you have one tree in your backyard, then you don't need a system for it, right? But if you have a couple hundred, then you probably should start looking at getting a a system there. Terry, is there anything else you'd like the listeners to know about? That is That is a very good question. Don't be afraid of tech. Huh. I think, and I think I think that's Love the it. one I, I said. I think I said that last time as well. Did I say that last time? I don't know. But yeah, don't oh, be af- don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's like my one. That's my one thing, right? Don't yeah. Don't don't be afraid of technology. It's there to serve us, right? It's it's so useful. It's going to make everything more efficient. I think a lot of people are closed down to like, oh, this is too advanced for me, and oh, I can't do this, and. And, oh, where is the world coming to? Like, the world is just, you know, change. The world is changing. Just change with it. And it's it sounds very easy to say, but, like, embrace the fact that there is so many fascinating programs and, and tools that we can be using to, you know, impact every single part of our life, right? Including your gardening 
adventures, mm-hmm. right? There are so many apps you can use these days to remind you of, you know, what, what to plant at what time of year. And I think it's absolutely fascinating that, you know, that people actually get, they think about using it in so many different applications, right? So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that's my message. Don't be afraid of it. What a great message, Terry. Thank you so much for an excellent episode. And I hope our listeners have thought a little bit about managing data rather than just sort of winging it. That's a very excellent point, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me here today. It was an absolute pleasure. Whether or not data excites you, it's a necessary part of plant care to record information about what you've done and what you plan to do in the future. Otherwise, you're flying completely blind and you'll have to figure everything out from scratch every visit. It's not good enough to have it all in your head either. Check out the show notes for a link to Tree Plotter and Forestry as well as the Service Autopilot app that were all mentioned in this episode.